1: second period welcome to vegas hockey hotline brought to you by station casinos and the stn app chris johnson dana lane with you from the brian blessing studio i felt like there was a complete resurfacing of the metaphoric (laughs) ice in the studio in between shows i mean it was Uh, nuts that was great you had Um, two monitors go out
2: yep two monitors went out um we should be good though. Now Justin's the greatest. Uh, then Justin came Justin, in. And- Justin came in and saved. He's the best. It's complete chaos. Um, complete chaos, but it's it's fun. Um, we did that one, and yeah, you know, the, we got a new monitor in here that's working. Wait a minute, that's new. That's a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's this? Eighty-eight? that model? I have no idea. I've never seen a good monitor like this. Because the other one, uh, it was confirmed that it has been there for at least two years, at the least. Oh,
1: I because I asked him if he played pong on it, and he said, "Oh yeah, we yeah, were all over that."
2: So, oh yeah, no, that's I fe- a, it's it was here one. since eighty one. No, it's an old one, but yeah, no, it's, 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 it's fun. It's fun when things start to break down when you're not is expecting it? them to. Because yeah. I see
1: the the bead of sweat on your forehead, like my dog is staring at Just you while you're eating. starts,
2: and you're like, ah. Oh. <laughs> It's it's just one of those ones where like I'd expected that the monitor was gonna do something to me one of these days because I have how many times it reset this week and I was like, come on now. Yeah.
1: Well I'm glad we got this settled. I mean So this thing should be good for another two weeks or so. (laughs) So we'll see what happens. Okay uh dave quinn of course if you haven't heard uh will be named the next head coach of the san jose sharks looks like his presser was going to be sometime next week and of course our friend shang peng uh broke that news got some love this morning on the nhl radio network for doing so Uh, nice to see when good guys get credit for their work and uh, so he put that out there this morning that he can confirm that Dave Quinn is going to be the next coach of the San Jose Sharks. And that, it's an interesting hire there. I mean, we t- we've we talked about this before, about how there's such a BU connection um, at, in San Jose right now. And, and of course, new, brand-new g- g- general manager and yeah. Dave Quinn comes in who uh, played a BU, and then John McCarthy – Who's a head coach of my career, of course, a GM, but John McCarthy, who's a head coach of the San Jose Barracuda, uh, their AHL team, I believe, also went to BU, and so you you have quite a BU connection going on at San Jose. Now they didn't overlap each other. It just it probably one of those things where hey, you went to BU, I went to BU, and uh, I think there's I think there's at least two players on the roster, maybe Bonino. Uh, went to BU as well, so there's you know some you know terrier terriers on the ice as well. But anyway, big news that uh, Dave Quinn is going to be named the next head coach of the San Jose Sharks finally. And I wonder if, you know, we we talked about you know Bugner and how it took them a little while to fire to fire Bob Bugner, and after they did, of course, the coaching pool was a little bit less than. You know, would have had what it would have been if they did it a little bit earlier, but I think they wanted to get feedback from Mike Greer and whether or not he wanted to keep uh, keep Bob on staff, and they decided not to. And Dave Quinn's going to be their next head coach. And of course, uh, the saga of Matthew Kachuk is still out there. St. Louis probably is the likely option. I'm just throwing it out there, but that to me makes the most sense. Please stop with the Vegas Golden Knights talk. That is not going to happen. It would be an absolute implosion of the roster just to get him get here. And it's just not appealing to me. So that's my feelings on Matthew Kachuk. I know every time there's a shiny new toy out there, Vegas is one of the teams that are rumored to grab him. But if Matthew Kachuk finds his way to Vegas – I mean we are going to have plenty to talk about because they're going to have to find a way to fit him under the cap and maybe <laughs> I mean they're just you you're just trying to do the math on it and all the moving pieces that would have to happen and you're just saying this is not going to happen this is not good for a team that's trying to find chemistry and you would absolutely disrupt the whole roster trying to get him here. So all right, let's uh bring in one of our favorite guests and on Fridays I like to infuse a little music we talk a lot of music on on fridays and of course we've had uh, uh zach allen from the band tempt on a, a lot of times but we like to get guys that love sports but are in the music business on the show. And, of course, Brian Slagle's been on many times, uh, owner and founder of Metal Blade Records. And, Brian, I know I know you talk so much about music, and I, I hear you on Eddie Trunk's show, and I hear you on various other outlets, and, of course, on social media, it's all about music. Do you like it when you get to do interviews about other things that might allow you to talk about maybe your second or third passion?
3: Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, I, I don't mind doing uh, talking about music either. It's kind of fun because it's obviously my passion. <laughs> yes. but of course, it's always uh, super fun to talk about other stuff. Like I I'm a massive sports fan, so I always uh, like to talk sports for sure.
1: And we know that you're a huge Vegas Golden Knights fan. The Knights are a team that likes to chase the squirrel. But do you think, and we just talked about this, but your feelings about Matthew Kachuk coming potentially to Vegas, which I do not think it's going to happen. I just think it's something to talk about. But is that, in your mind, something that you would like to see? Or are you like me to think they should just completely pass on that? Yeah, that's an interesting question.
3: Uh, I mean, honestly, the only way I could see that working would be if they gave up on Jack Eichel and traded Eichel for Kachuk, because that's oh, yes, really the only course. way you could make the yeah. cap work. I mean, and it, that would be an interesting trade and an interesting dynamic. Um, I love Matthew Kachuk as a player. I think he's great. Um, so, you know, that would be interesting. I don't know if they would do that. That would certainly shake up the hockey world, but that's, I guess, the only way it was going to happen. But I, I tend to agree with you. I don't, I don't think that's the, what they're going to do. I, I, think, I think I'm with you. It's probably going to be St. Louis if... St. Louis can create the cap, and I think the big question on that would be obviously that the one player that would make the most sense going to Calgary would be Tarasenko, but I don't know if he wants to go or not. It's complicated.
1: It's interesting about Tarasenko because you give him a lot of credit. I mean, there's a guy that you know certainly wanted out of St. Louis who was no Uh, he certainly voiced his opinion about wanting uh, wanting out but then you know settled down and and maybe he's like Jake Tabrusk in Boston where he wanted out of the Bruins organization had a good year coaching change maybe a philosophy change and the way he was handled and you know seemed to settle down okay and you know from a St. Louis standpoint I believe he's, he's from that area so that makes sense to me but the Blues although not in the realm of where the Vegas Golden Knights are they have A little bit a couple pennies to rub together and they could make that work if need be but assuming Brian that you know you're not going to trade away Jack Eichel I mean that that's not going to happen and you're talking about in your top six now you you're going to have for what Kachuk is going to command you are going to have to make a bunch of moves just to get one player uh, under the cap, or uh, get you to the point where you're not just swimming in LTIR money. And even if you thought, say, uh, Mark Stone was not going to be ready for the season, or Robin Leonard's not going to be ready for the season, I mean, you would have to have two of those guys at least to start talking about Kachuk. And then when they're ready to go, then what do you do? I just think the media. And I love saying the media, but, you know, the other guys, I think anytime there's a shiny new toy out there, they throw the Golden Knights out there. And I know, I know there was a list that Kachuk said, you know, Vegas was on it, but there is no way financially that they should pursue him. They would absolutely bury themselves as an organization.
3: Yeah, and I don't really know how that would work because you're you're not going to trade any of your top five guys, right? You're not going to trade your, any of your top D-men. So I can't see them making the deal. And if they did, and let's say they they threw it, they'd have to obviously get a lot of cap room, so I have to throw a bunch of you know bottom six guys in there. You'd probably have to give up Brisson and some other players. And at that point, you're so thin. I mean, they're already really thin. Like if they have some injuries. You know, there's really nobody to kind of kind of fit in, especially in the top six, which is what we saw last year. You know, when all those guys went down in the top six, they struggled, and, but we still don't know the goaltending situation. Like, you know, when are those guys coming back? I mean, supposedly Leonard might be back sooner than later. You know, I don't know. There's so many questions marked with that team. I can't see them. Doing a deal for Keith Kachuk, I mean
1: for for, Keith, for Matthew Kachuk. Oh, either one is probably not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would throw out to um, a team like Dallas where I think he would fit in pretty well. They do have cap space, about eleven and a half million dollars of cap space. I think, and I, you know, I, I've been doing this long enough that I know sometimes when they throw out the obvious selection, you know, not talking about Goudreau going to Columbus but the obvious selection which would be St. Louis but I'm looking at Dallas and I'm looking at the Islanders who made no moves in free agency those teams to me if you told me and maybe even the the Rangers if you told me those were the teams and I'll stick with Dallas and the Islanders because I don't think uh, the Rangers, they they would have to do a, um, some major shuffling as well to get him under the cap. But if he if he wants to go to a contender, he's looking at Dallas. He look at the, at the Islanders. That to me makes way more sense than just throwing out you know a team like Vegas, which I think is just somebody threw out there irresponsibly. And even the list that they they said that Kachuk put out there later was you know said was not uh, an accurate list. So. I think Dallas looks great. I think the Islanders are an option. I just can't see a guy like this going to Anaheim. Certainly not Arizona. Certainly not Buffalo. Maybe he's the, you know, maybe he's an answer in Winnipeg. But I think those are the teams that are more likely to land Kachuk.
3: Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I think that Dallas and St. Louis are the front runners for me because both teams have players that they can send back that make sense for Calgary. So you know Dallas has some good young players. They have a little bit of depth there. I mean maybe you know maybe even they throw in Jamie Benn or or Sagan. I mean I don't know. I don't know where those guys are at either. But they've got players that can go back. And I think the Islanders have some as well. Um, so that's an interesting destination. But I kind of it just feels to me like either St. Louis or Dallas. But I I kind of think Dallas might be the front runner because like I said there's a need there. Uh, it's an American. City, which I know he wants to go to, there's no state tax in Texas. Right. but these are all, That's right. you know, things that play in now. Why, why players leave, you know, Canada? Somebody, I think it was one of the guys from the Athletic did a big article about why players are leaving Canada and Calgary, and you know, they're speculating, you know, down the road, like this Conor McDavid in Edmonton. I mean, that would be insane if they were left there. But, but I think you're right. I think St. Louis and, and Dallas would be the front runners for me.
1: Yeah, good thing Gretzky never left Edmonton. That would have been insane. <laughs> that would have turned the hockey world upside down. Um, we we right. know that we have some core fans. You are certainly one of those. Uh, our friend of the show Daniel Negreanu, his professional poker player, is also one of them, and and he's very boisterous about his displeasure. At least I've heard this through the grapevine. Um, sorry if I'm putting words in his mouth, but he's has no no patience at all for the Vegas Golden Knights or Kelly McCrimmon for the moves that they have made in fact uh, i have heard like he he is just uh, is not in the mood to be wearing their jerseys anytime soon we'll put it that way i mean how do you feel are you i mean you look at the patch ready deal and i i just don't think and we've said this on, on the show brian i mean you can't be mad at that because that's that was the obvious move to give themselves some freedom to sign Riley Smith, but at the same time, should we not, as a fan base, take a deep breath, think about the unmatched success that we've had with this new franchise? Are you in the are you in a, in a group of people that are angry by the, their direction, or do you allow yourself to say? Well, wow, we really have had a good five years, and if it wasn't for injuries, they would have been in the postseason again.
3: Daniel sits about uh, ten rows below me at uh, the night's game. So I'm he, sure you I, I'm can all, still uh, hear him. He, he, he's yeah, he's yeah, he's a good guy. But uh, <laughs> I'm I'd say I'm disappointed in, in a few of the moves. I mean, obviously everybody's been disappointed with the move with Flurry up. Yeah. I, don't, I still don't understand why they, they made that move at all. I understand the cap space and those sort of things, that they could have done that in different ways. And I think the, the thing that really bums me out about the Pacioretty deal is I understand the need for cap space and all these sort of things. But, man, they gave up so much to get him. They gave up three number one draft picks. Mm-hmm. They gave up Suzuki, who is going to be a, a very, very good player. He's already a very good player in this week, and his, his upside is, is huge. In fact... Suzuki had more points than Pacioretty had in the time that, you know, he played in Montreal and Pacioretty played in Vegas. So, so that's a little bit disappointing. Um, You know, I don't know. He stayed healthy, though. Yeah, but he he was, he only played, I think, like if you, if you matched up the games, even in games, he still had more points. uh, Points per game. okay. yeah, but um, you know, that being said, I mean, it's hard to say, I, I mean, you know, look, that first year was just so incredible. The right. team's been so competitive since then. And I think that a lot of people in the town, and I think, you know, the owner and, and the people running the, the, the team are, are so desperate to win. And, and unfortunately, this reminds me a lot of, you know, you mentioned Gretzky leading Edmonton. And, you know, I was I'm obviously from L.A. at seats, season seats for the Kings for years. And I was there for all those Gretzky years. And it was this, the same thing where they had Gretzky, at, at Gretzky and they were so so desperate to win a cup they made a lot of moves that in my mind were kind of like why why would i don't understand why you're doing that and it obviously never worked out i mean they got to the finals and you know it was great to have Gritzky in l.a but they never won a cup And, and unfortunately i get the same feeling here with the knights where they're just chasing so hard that they're making moves that a lot of people are kind of questioned about and i You know, are they going to be a good team this year? Sure, if they stay healthy, they're going to be good. But uh, can they win a cup? I don't know. Like, so many things would have to fall into place perfectly for that to happen that I I don't know that that's really a viable option, unfortunately.
1: If you had the the opportunity, Brian, to change one aspect of the team without anything else, you know, and not having to give back anything, I mean, what area of the team would you say – in order to win a cup, we have to have this be much better than it's been in the past. Goal-sending.
3: And look, I, I love Robin Leonard. He's a really phenomenal player. Cute person, and when he's healthy, he's a very good player. But I just, his, in his history, he's you know 500 goalie basically. And you know, he's uh, is he good? Yes, is he a guy that's to win a cup? I don't know. I mean, look, the Avalanche won a cup with Darcy Kemper, who wasn't particularly very great either. But I, I think for them to do something, that's where they would have to really get an upgrade if they're really thinking about trying to win a cup. That's the position that needs an upgrade, I feel, more than anything else. Because I mean, look, the top six forwards are pretty good. You know, even if and you you hope that maybe Brisson, who I saw play in college and with the Silver Knights, and he's really good. He could he could easily fit in on that top line. So the top six is good, bottom six has some good stuff. You know, your D is, is pretty solid. But the goaltending is the big question mark for
1: me. I think you're right about that. And I and I try not to point to that every single time I have a discussion about the Golden Knights. But I think it goes without saying. I mean, you can talk about 2018-19 with Leonard uh, where he was an all-star. And in the discussion, I think he finished third that year in the Vezina Trophy voting. I mean, fantastic year. Uh, on a real good defensive team and I think that has a lot to do with it as well but if you take that out that year he's a game under 500 for his career and the one thing that always bugs me about it Brian is it's not his ability to make the initial save it's his athleticism to be in position to 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 square a shooter up on the second attempt and that's where uh, I have apprehension about his athleticism or maybe what he does in the off season to, to ensure that he's in top shape. And I'm not talking about last year I'm, I'm just talking in general. I think these are things that the, these are questions about Leonard that I need to see uh, the, the result be better before I can have that, uh, that inner confidence and that same inner confidence that I'm sure you had. And I had with Logan Thompson.
3: Yeah, and, you know, obviously Mike McKenna, who Knights fans should know very well, is Mm -hmm. a a very, very good friend of mine. And, you know, I'm talking to him about all this stuff. They always ask him, like, the goalie stuff because he was a goalie. And one thing that he did mention to me about, like, why a certain goaltender would go to a certain team when they weren't really good and all of a sudden they get really good, a lot of that has to do with coaching. And goaltending coaching is so important, you know, because I think part of the problem with Leonard is his rebound controls aren't particularly very good. And that's a coaching thing. Yep. So they've got now they've got Sean Burke that they just hired, who who from what you know obviously is a was a very good goaltender and from what I've, under, what I've heard is a very good goaltending coach. So now does he come in and coach all three of those guys? You know, get Thompson and Brossois and Leonard. Just coach all three of those guys up and make them much better goaltenders. I mean, that's certainly very possible. I mean, I could see that happening. And you know, we don't know what the upside of, of Thompson is necessarily yet. Too, he's still fairly young. But if he comes in and coaches all those guys. You know, maybe there's a three-headed monster or a two-headed monster, and maybe they're much better because of the coaching. It's certainly possible.
1: It's interesting about uh, Sean Burke when talking to Brian Slegel uh, from Metal Blade Records and huge Vegas Golden Knights fan. And it's interesting about Brian, Brian Burke because uh, – or Sean Burke. It's it, – they are not making him available to the media. And you would think that that would be a problem from my perspective, but it's really not. When I think about this, and I realize that they have a business to run, and they're in a the business of winning hockey games, the bottom line to me is I like them not available. If I care about W's and W wins for the Golden Knights, I need him to just stay focused. I don't need him asking, getting asked questions uh, about the progress of, of the goaltending or Robin Leonard. I, and believe me, I mean he's been asked to be on shows before, and they just said, "Hey, look, he, he's off limits," and I. I do not have a problem with that, and I almost kind of like it.
3: <laughs> yeah, the Knights uh, historically have been very secretive. I mean, look, the NHL in general is very secretive about things, but the Knights have always been really secretive about what's going on with people. I mean, even now, like, you know, we don't know Leonard. Like, we heard Leonard's going to be out for the first month, and now we hear maybe he's not, and, you know, no one, no one really knows, even – you know i'm i'm lucky to be good friends with a lot of the you know big time hockey insiders and i'll i'll reach out to them and they they don't even have an idea of what's going on so
1: you know it's interesting too and i and i want to i'll transition to music here in a second but i again and i it's a brand new discussion with you but i've said it a thousand times on this show i mean we cannot Guarantee that a guy like Mark Stone is going to be 100% because uh, even when, you know, it's not an ACL or an MCL, but when you are talking about the back, and again, I don't know the degree of surgery, there is no guarantees that he is going to be the Mark Stone, 100%, ready to go on that top line. There's no guarantees. And, and as I go through the offseason, Brian, I just have more apprehension where my question, where where my comments about the team start with the word if, and if that's the case, I think maybe we're looking at another difficult season.
3: Yeah, I think injuries are, are going to play a huge role here because you know Eichel has not been able to stay healthy really for the last few years of his career either. I mean, he obviously got his neck, fi- neck fixed, but we don't know long term how that's going to play out. And then I guess he broke his finger and. Yeah, the guy's, the guys had a high, injured, high so. ankle
1: sprain in Buffalo. That kept him out for a while. I mean, yep. this is a guy. I mean, the expected what, – what people are expecting out of him is an 85-95 point season. That's nothing he's ever done in his career, uh, let alone be relied on to stay healthy. I think that's just asking yeah. too much. Uh, and, and really it's not asking too much for what he's getting paid. But he, you are asking him to do something he's never done in his career.
3: Yeah, and you know, look, he's still a young player, and I saw him play at the the one year he played at BU, and he was unbelievable. Like, you know, one of the best college hockey players I've seen. I mean, he was as good, if not better, than Johnny Gaudreau was when he played it at, at BC, and you know, a lot of these other you know great college players. So uh, you say the same thing for Kale McCarr, and you know, he was on the level of all those other guys. It hasn't quite panned out yet, but he's still only 25 I mean look at you know Gaudreau was kind of a bit of the same way and then he obviously exploded last year so I still think that's the hope that everybody keeps thinking And I, I, look again I'm lucky enough to be friends with all these hockey insiders who know way more about this stuff than I do and they all believe you know he, he definitely has the potential to be a, a big star in the league so uh, for the night's sake let's hope that happens and yes. he stays healthy uh,
1: he clearly has to be uh, the, the head and shoulders leader in points and uh um, maybe a, a, a big I don't know a, a presence in the locker room and not really a guy that's ever had that but somebody aside from anything everything we've talked about Brian I just don't know where the toughness is coming from I don't know where the leadership is coming from I, you know we see you know Keegan Colar has a has an arbitration hearing coming up in the first week of, of August or the second week of August. I just there's so many question marks moving forward. And from a a season ticket holder perspective, I just wonder, you know, what your gut is telling you. But it sounds like you're still on board. You know, Daniel's kind of all over the place, but it sounds like you're still on board with this. And what a great five years, you know, so far with this organization. That's something to really be happy about. And a lot of organizations would kill to have the kind of success that the Golden Knights have had to start off.
3: Yeah, I I
1: agree with that 100%. Uh, Let me switch real quick over to music. We clearly see the success of the the, the stadium tour. It's been fantastic. Uh, You know, it's it's something there for everybody. I I wonder from – and, of course, you want a record company, but even from a promoter standpoint, does this get your mind and your gears rolling about, hey, we could do this – next year i mean that it's there's something i would think every summer from now on there's going to be a major tour like this going around the u.s and europe
3: I think that's kind of where touring is kind of really headed to, especially in the US, is, is these big tours with a whole lot of good bands on it. Because when you talk to agents and you look at ticket sales and everything, if there's not a really good package, and I'm talking about a solid five bands, and that, that's whether they're playing House of Blues or whether they're playing Allegiant Stadium, like you need that big, big package where. Okay, you know, when I go see two of those bands playing for whatever the amount of money is, yeah, maybe, but oh wow, there's five really good bands on there that I want to see. And and we're seeing that across the board. It's kind of been happening even pre pandemic. We saw that where the better the packages were, the better things will do. I mean we've got a big package with Amana Marth, who's you know our, our one of our bigger bands that's heading out in November December, and they're playing the forum in Los Angeles, which is a band like that is huge. Yes. And it's a really good package and I talked to the manager and I said it's going to sell out like it, the tickets are selling like crazy. So that's a huge a huge thing for, for you know the real heavier metal stuff because that's not a normal thing.
1: That will make Mike but, McKenna yeah, happy.
3: Think... Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then you need to see Lama God and Kill Search Engager out there. They're playing really big venues. So as long as there's a good package of Ghost and Volbeat out there so and obviously you know the stadium tour so You know, there's a few bands like the Stones and Elton John and Metallica that can all go out and be on their own. It doesn't really matter who's opening for them. But otherwise, you've got to put these packages together. And and as a fan, I mean, that's great. Because it's like, wow, I get to see, you know, five bands that I like all in one night.
1: How's the the museum coming? I, I assume that is ready to roll or is already open? It's
3: all ready to roll. We actually had our first. Uh, public viewing of it on Wednesday uh, Great. and that went really well so nice. that was fun so the way we're starting to do it out now is we're just going to pick a couple days a month we're going to sell you know a, a limited number of tickets to make it kind of a more intimate experience and you know I'm doing a tour for the first hour and then people can just kind of hang out so it's uh, it's cool it's, it's really good and, and it's you know, Vegas is getting kind of really cool in terms of, like, rock museums because we have the KISS Museum, which just opened up, which is, if you're a KISS fan, it's incredible, absolutely incredible. It's in the KISS mini-golf at the Rio. So, you know, we're talking with them about maybe doing some, some things together, and also you've got the Pinball Museum, and then there's a Punk Rock Museum that's in the works as well, too. So Vegas is becoming the... Uh, the music capital of the yeah. museums,
1: I guess. Hopefully, uh, maybe I talked to you about this before, Brian. But I always had this vision as as the strip keeps on going south. Now that you know, station bought up some land, and there might be an arena built there. But boy, I mean, if we could just take something that resembles the Sunset Strip and bring it to that end of our strip, boy, that would be pretty cool one day. I mean, I, I think Vegas is just. I think it is setting the tone for what it could be musically, especially at the club level.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's something I think we talked about it before, too. That's something that I've I've been really trying to to urge on out here because we do need those sized venues here we don't really have a lot of those venues that are really good i've been talking a lot with live nation like what do we do and i know they're working on bringing like an 800 cap room in i know that area 15 has a couple of rooms there that they've been working on that are like 500 and 900 caps so uh, all that stuff will be great and uh, look your idea of, of doing something like that like having a little entertainment district that has. Venues like that would be awesome. Oh. And I know they're going to build that NBA arena on Blue Diamond and Las Vegas Boulevard. That's why uh, like Wiki's doing it. He's built you know a million things. So that's that's a done deal from what everybody tells me. And it's going to be a big entertainment thing in there. And, and we're hopeful that they're going to put some sort of venue in there kind of like what they did it, uh, in L.A. with SoFi. They've got a new, I think it's the YouTube theater that's within SoFi Stadium. I haven't been yet, but I know that there's some shows coming up. So i'm hoping that you know we get another venue that or a couple of venues in there that uh, are good are smaller sized as well as the good size
1: yeah the growth of sports and music would make me very happy so brian we always appreciate you coming on i uh, tell everybody update everybody what's going on at metal blade records
3: yeah a bunch of new releases coming out i mentioned the mono their their new album comes out on august 5th and then they've got a tour later in the year and i mentioned one i got the kill switch tour there's a lot of stuff going on, but check out MetalBlade.com or all of our MetalBlade socials, and you'll get all of the updates, and you can follow me at Brian Slagle on Twitter and Instagram as well. But from all, all, I'll, I'll inject some sports stuff in there here and there as well.
1: And, of course, if you go over to the KISS Museum, chances are you'll see uh, uh, Brian, Eddie Trunk, and probably Sebastian Bach, who are the biggest KISS <laughs> fans I've ever known in my life. But, anyway, thank you so much Very for true. your time, Brian, and we look forward to having you on again.
3: Always a pleasure. Thank you
1: so much. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll finish it off with Danny Webster from the Las Vegas Sun.
5: Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar & Grill, 4955 South Dakota. Experience the thrill of the grill. John Smith Subs is home of the famous Steak Bomb
4: and other premium deli subs with grilled-to-order marinated sirloin steak, grilled chicken, farm fresh veggies, and delicious bread baked daily. Our subs are making a name for themselves with quality and flavor. Add an order of piping hot french fries and you have a meal you can't get anyplace else. Experience the thrill of the grill at John Smith Subs. Visit johnsmithsubs.com to find a location near you
1: hey golden knights fans i'm attorney adam cutner i'm proud to be an official partner of the vegas golden knights we're giving you the chance to play at home along with the golden knights to win home
3: game tickets through our power play giveaway each time the golden knights are on a power play we'll pick one of my twitter followers who tags me on twitter with the hashtag adam
4: cutner and when the golden knights score that lucky fan wins tickets to the fortress so make sure to follow me on Twitter. Go Knights Go! Calling all Vegas Golden Knights superfans for the Terribles game day giveaway. During all of Vegas Golden Knights home games, visit any participating Terribles location, make a qualifying purchase, get a scratch card, enter on the Terribles app, and you could win a $1,000 Golden Knights shopping spree! Best yet, one lucky customer will win this prize every day the Vegas Golden Knights have a home game.
5: Terrible's Game Day Giveaway. It's only at Terrible's. Visit Terrible's.com for more details. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24 7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HDTVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar & Grill 4955 South Decatur. STN Sports is the only sports
4: betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to StationCasinoSports.com or sign up at any station, casino, or wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks.
1: Welcome back to Vegas Hockey Hotline brought to you by Station Casinos and the STN app from the Brian Blessing Studio. Breaking news from Jeff Savoda, who's been on the show many times. Blue Jackets have signed restricted free agent forward Patrick Laine, four-year, $34.8 million contract extension. His AAV will be $8.7 million. Contract runs through 25 and 26. So the Blue Jackets are certainly... Certainly gearing up uh, again, just incredible. I mean, all these moves. And if you probably, I don't know, for 20 teams, you could make a case to me as to why they would go deep into the postseason. The other five or the other six, it kind of, uh, yeah, you're reaching for straws there, Coyotes. But you can go to school at the same time you play hockey. So I guess that's a good thing. Okay, uh, let's welcome in Danny Webster who covers the Vegas Golden Knights for the Las Vegas Sun. And, Danny, a lot of questions to ask you, but I see, of course, you filled your time. Uh, with the lack of Obi-Wan shows with Stranger Things, and I think that the, the the only thing I know about Stranger Things is the fact that it's put Master of Puppets back on the rock charts. Tell everybody what is cool about this show, and why does everybody except me know about it?
6: Well, I've been trying to fill my time because, unfortunately, my wife uh, tested positive for COVID, so I've been quarantining, so I've tried to fill my void with things that have been going on, and Stranger Things obviously being the the popular show of our time right now um i don't know i kind of like the whole supernatural horror type stuff that's uh yeah that's floating around and i i think it's got a nice little edge to it um i i really enjoyed season one season two i can understand why people didn't like it um but i think it's there's a lot of good character development here obviously i think when it comes to high school kids or middle school kids you're kind of like and eh, i really want to enjoy this kind of a show but there, there's really good character development here there's a really good story here and i'm gonna probably start season three tonight with my wife so uh it i i think it's a fun show i i hate that i'm coming on to it a little bit too late but i, I thoroughly enjoyed it
1: Well, I was. My family's been overseas for three weeks, and I sat and I stared at it for a second, and I thought maybe I I might pull the trigger on this, and I I ended up not pulling the trigger on it. But there is something very intriguing, and now we got the musical uh, element to it. I, I, it became on my radar. I think one day I probably will get to it, but I always like kind of talking TV with you, Danny. The idea that Matthew Kachuk. Is coming to Vegas is outrageous, is it not?
6: Uh very outrageous. Um, Thank you. <laughs>
1: here, here,
6: here's here's the thing, and I know a lot of people on. Uh, I mean, how in the world can the Golden Knights make this work? The Golden Knights can make the money work. That's that's not up for debate. They can absolutely make the money. Work.
1: How can they make them, how could they make eight nine million dollars work?
6: So, so here's the here's the thing that we need to remember. Number one, they're probably if they do make a play for Matthew Tkachuk, they're obviously going to play the LTIR game. So right now, if you look at it, they're about 6.5 million in LTIR thanks to Shea Weber's contract. More than likely, they're going to put uh, Nolan Patrick on LTIR once the season begins. At that point, you have to move out a contract, and I would venture to guess if you need to put one more contract on LTIR, it wouldn't shock me if they put Laurent Persuade on LTIR. So the money does work. The only thing is, if the money does work, two things have to happen. One, you got to make sure that you're sending in an NHL-ready player that the Flames would actually want. And two, you have to think of a package that would actually be suitable for a division rival, which I, I know – a lot of people are like, oh, if you you'd put in maybe William Carlson in a draft pick and a prospect. No, the, the, the Flames, if they were to send him to Vegas, you're looking at a situation where the Flames would want a complete haul from a division rival if that were to be the case. And you're talking maybe, God, I don't know, Brendan Bresson, Lucas Cormier, maybe Nick Haig, the, the list goes on and on. Plus, you need to make sure you have enough money to sign the likes of Nick Walk, Deacon Colesart, Nick Haig. So the money does work. The problem is, does the money work enough to where they actually want to commit another $9 million salary on their books, but at the same time, you know, sign the guys that you still need to sign? So it does work. I just don't think when you look at the teams that are interested in Matthew Kachuk, the Flames are not going to make a deal with the Golden Knights unless they are completely desperate to get the best possible package. And I and I don't know if Vegas has that at least now, but they could they could wait it out for the Jack Eichel game like they did before, and get the lowest value of the dollar back. I I don't know. I I think it is ridiculous, but I've learned not to count this team out under any circumstances when it comes to a trade.
1: Are we under? Are, are we in agreement that this would be a eight nine million dollar deal? I mean, all. Oh yeah. Okay, so now you brought up, you brought up putting uh, Braswa on LTIR and mm-hmm. Nolan Patrick, and we're talking yep. about three point five. Did you mention, you know, somebody else? I mean, because that that's still a long way from eight nine.
6: Yeah. So they're probably going to have to send out one of William Carlson or Alec Martinez if they want them back. If Calgary would take that there back, it is kind of. Yep. So there's the extra money that would put them over. So, so say they move Carlson. So you're looking at 5.95. You add that up, It's we're looking at possibly 14, maybe, if we're if you're lucky enough to get close to 13, 14 million. And at that point, do you have enough to sign, you know, WA, Hague, Colsar, um, that That's the other thing they're going to have to figure out. So that's why I can understand – people saying it's outlandish. It doesn't make any sense, but when you look at it from the grand scheme of things, if they were to dive into the LTIR pool, they could absolutely make the money work because I don't think they're going to sweat on not having Nolan Patrick for the final year of his deal. And if they really do feel that Logan Thompson is ready to go, and if Laurent are on quote unquote is not healthy enough to start opening night, who's to say they wouldn't keep him on LTIR for the long term? So I, it, yeah, I, I would agree that they're going to have to send a lot of money out. Um, But they can make it work. It's just, do they have a package that Calgary likes? I don't think so.
1: I don't think so either. And really, the the bottom line to that deal getting done, uh, aside from you know putting players on LTIR, you you would from a say William Carlson is part of that deal. If you're Calgary, a guy who has a modified no trade, if you're Calgary, do you want to take on? What five more years of almost six million from a guy that you don't know is going to scratch the surface of being a 20 goal scorer? Do you entertain Jonathan Marchiso, who is also has a modified no trade with two years left at five million? Or I mean, or is it maybe a package with both of those guys? I mean, my only thing, and it's not that I don't want him here, it's the absolute chaos that it would create to, you're essentially rearranging your your whole team um, and you would send two prominent players, at least one prominent player out, and I don't know how much, you know, Brisson would likely be in that type of a deal. I don't know how much more you have to offer, so are you willing to give up a William Carlson, or, or really, I think the question is: Is Calgary willing to take a William Carlson at six million with that much term left on his deal to a, a inside a division rival? I just, from a logistic standpoint, and thinking about it from a Calgary standpoint, even if William Carlson or Marchesio was on the table, I don't think that equals what I'm sending back.
6: No, it doesn't. And that, and that, and that. At the end of the day is what it comes down to. Like if they're, if they're going to, if you can entice Calgary to say, you know, take Carlson and we'll throw in a prospect or two and a draft pick, then maybe at least you're starting to talk. And I, and I don't know if that would require Vegas to retain salary. And that might put them in a little bit of a bind. I, I think that might be something that, that would have to be entertained in that aspect. But I do think in terms of, do they entertain the idea of trading Marcia or carlson I think signing Riley Smith to his extension last week, I think was the, the sign that I think the Golden Knights are prepared to run out the misfit line until the cup window closes. So I think they're looking at a two-year, three-year timeline of keeping that group together. I think they're fully committed to running at least that group back because management knows, the, the whole roster knows that when those three are working together in some capacity, they're as good as any line in the league.
1: Uh, and it's just, and I, yeah, not to interrupt you, Danny, but isn't it just a matter of, okay, yeah, we would love to keep those guys together. But if we keep them together, that means we have confidence in, in our second line that we don't feel compelled to break up the first line just to have some consistency uh, from an offensive standpoint?
6: No, absolutely, I completely agree, and that and that's that's the biggest question they have to answer is, you know, can they afford that? But I I do think, you know, if you're looking to trade somebody as a central piece, not that Calgary needs any center depth really, um, but they they probably wouldn't mind taking a William Carlson who's a shutdown guy uh, on their roster. The, the other the other name you look at possibly is do you open the idea of moving an Alec Martinez again? Uh, after moving Dylan Coghlan in the patch ready trade. So there, there's that kind of intrigue intri- intri- going on there. I, I honestly don't think at the end of the day they would have enough to entice Calgary to say, do we really want to trade him to a division rival where he can potentially whoop us exactly. five times a year for a large number of years? I, I don't think that is possible. But I mean, like I said, we we thought that same way with Jack Eichel and the price kept coming down and coming down and coming down. And we all all thought before he ended up in Vegas that he was going to end up in Calgary with Matthew Kachuk as the primary centerpiece of that deal. Um, But clearly that didn't happen. And I think Vegas, the way they looked at it, you know, they got Jack Eichel for a lot less than I think what he would have gotten on the market. So give it time and maybe the price comes down. But, I mean, I look at a team like St. Louis, who if they could offer Jordan Kyrou right off the back, I, I'm, I'm taking the St. Louis deal. There, there are so many interesting deals that the other teams reported can't offer in a deal for Kachuk. And I just don't know if Vegas has enough of the prospect build to, one, want to give up the prospects, but to include them in any sort of deal.
1: Danny, we're sorry we had to cut your time short today, but we always appreciate you coming on. Tell everybody what you got going on at the Sun.
6: Oh, yeah, no problem. Uh, I do have something coming out on Monday, uh, kind of looking at a roster projection. Hopefully nothing happens until Monday. Uh, but I do have a roster projection coming out and then Thursday, next Thursday. Uh, I do have something coming out, ironically enough, on Riley Smith. So, uh, Both of those are coming out next week, and you can find them on LasVegasSun.com.
1: Terrific. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Hope you have a great weekend. We'll talk down the road. You too, my friend. Have a good one. All right, there he goes. Danny Webster from the Las Vegas Sun. Great show. Good week today, man. I guess we're awesome this week. Uh, we'd like to thank uh, Jim Barnes from the RJ for coming on. Of course, Chuck Esposito from Station Casinos, Brian Slagle, and again for uh, Danny Webster for coming on. We appreciate you joining us for Chris and Moose Johnson. I'm Dana Lane. I hope you have a great week, and we'll see you again on Monday.
0: Second period. Me where hockey players face off down the rink, and the Stanley Cup is all filled up for the champs who win the drink. Now the final flick of the hockey stick and the one gigantic scream. The buck is in, the Canadians win the good old hockey game. Oh, hockey game is the best game you can name, and the best game you can name is the good old hockey game.